Welcome to the Shepherd's Crick Podcast. This ministry exists to provide coaching, resources, and events for pastors and church members. My name is Jared Sparks. Join me as I talk pastoral ministry, applied theology like manhood and womanhood, political theology, and cultural analysis with a little bit of hunting and fishing thrown in. I'm a husband, a father, and a pastor, and I'm here to remind you of the chief pastor and our king, Jesus. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is take two today. The first episode I had this morning was released, I believe, at five or so five or so o'clock, and I talked about the article, The Moscow Mood. If you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and check that out. This is the second one of the day. I've never done this before, but I thought, hey, why not? I wanted to get that, that one out this morning, and I've been thinking about this one about the prohibition against women speaking in church, and so we're going to go over that. So I, I thought I, I needed to get this one out. The next one I'm going to be releasing that you need to be on the lookout for is how to preach the gospel to gay people. I'm going to be talking about how gay people are have been, really both sodomites and lesbians, have been pandered to, and they've been robbed of plain talk and clear speech about repentance and faith and the hope that's in Christ Jesus. They've been robbed of things like deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And so it's coming up in the holiday season. I know that there's some people that have some friends, family, co-workers that they might be seeing during Christmas time that are walking in that sort of sexual rebellion. And I thought it would be good to go ahead and share with you how to talk to them. And if I just had a room and an audience of people to, to speak to that were in that sort of sexual sin, what would I say to them if they were a an audience that was willing to listen? And so that's going to be coming up next week. So be on the lookout for that. But today we're going to be talking about the 1 Corinthians 14 passage and interacting a little bit with Zach Garris's book, Masculine Christianity. And that's a phenomenal book. If you've not read it, would encourage you, highly encourage you to read that thorough. And it's just a great book. I am going to take a small exception in in this chapter 9 in this book today. And this is going to be pretty quick, actually, because I'm going to work through this. And uh, I've got just a few notes on it, but I wanted to throw it out to you and uh, and hope it would be helpful for you. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. And also for Christchurch Carbondale folks, this would explain, for instance, this is going to be, exp- be explaining why we when we do the community share time, when we open it up and hear from you to give prayer requests and, and have prayer and, and time of encouragement why it is that we allow ladies to participate in that. So that that's why I want to do this today. And also I've been thinking a lot about a song that I used to love by Hillsong called uh, Man of Sorrows, in which the song uh, praises Jesus for being, uh, being silent when he was called to be silent, silent as he stood accused in the glory of silence in the right and proper time. And, and I think ladies have also been pandered to from passages like this as well, and have robbed of the been been robbed of the glory of silence. Right, let's pray. Father, we need your help. We ask for wisdom and guidance. As always, I need your help, and I pray this would be so helpful for people. I want this to, to help people, and I God, I pray that, that more people would be able to listen to this. More people would be encouraged by this. And for those that may be listening that don't know you, and I know there are a few out there that have been listening that don't, then I pray that they would come face to face with their need for you. They would repent of, your sin, repent of their sins and trust in Christ. And help me as I work through this in 1 Corinthians 14. Thank you that you've not left us in the dark about passages like this, uh, even though they can be sometimes confusing. And I trust you're going to just lead and guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right, Masculine Christianity. Love the book. Zach Garris, very thankful for him. And I've talked to him before and had him on the show. In chapter 9, starting on page 196, or excuse me, I think it's, uh, let's see, page 195. And it's uh, titled, Women Should Keep Silent in the Church. And he takes 
the position that he actually critiques in this that I'm going to hold. And he said that a later option, which may, may call the particular speech solution, is widely accepted today. Commentators take the position that Paul uses the, the verb to, to remain silent, the Greek word that's, that's translated to remain silent in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, to prohibit only a particular form of speech by women in public worship, either tongues or teaching, evaluating or weighing prophecy or asking disruptive questions. Let me just read the passage and then you'll get, I think, where we're coming from, where he's coming from, where I'm coming from. So he takes the position that in the Lord's Day gathering, when, when the church comes together, specifically on the Lord's Day gathering, that, that female silence is universally required, that there should be no public speaking of ladies in the congregation. And that's a viable option. That's not uh, degrading to women in any way. I wouldn't want to make it seem like it's degrading to women in any way. I don't think that's his uh, heart, and nor do I think that's the heart of people who have that position. I don't have that position. I think it is a particular speech that's prohibited because of 1 Corinthians 14. And he also talks about chapter 11, verse 5, which we're going to look at. But I want us to read this first. It says, As in all the churches, the women should keep silent. And as in all the churches, for they're not permitted to speak, but should be in but should be in submission as the law says. If there's anything that they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. So in this passage, we have a prohibition, silence in the church. And then there's a reason for the prohibition, or then there's a commission to them. So the prohibition, then the commission in verse 35. If they are desired to learn, then what's the what's the commission for them? Then if they have desire, the prohibition is don't speak, but instead ask your husband at home. Now that commission and prohibition gives us a window into what's happening in the church of Corinth. There are questions being asked that in some way are being disruptive to the point that Paul had to say to them, be silent. If you want to ask your questions, ask your questions in the context of the home. Go home and ask those questions to your husband. That type of speech then is universally prohibited in all the churches, in every church, across the board, throughout the history of the church till today. Women are not being, they should not be allowed to ask questions that are disruptive or incessant that get in the way of public worship. So they should remain silent. And we don't need to put any if, ands, or buts upon that. We need to say there, that is that silence is required. Okay. Now, the question that Jack Garris is getting to, does that mean it's universal silence or is it just a particular kind of silence? And because I think that prohibition and commission give us a window into the, the reason for that command and the problem within that particular church, and then because of that problem in that particular church, the solution that's for every church is that women, if they have questions, go home and ask your husband and don't just ask those in the context of the public worship. There, there could be one question after another, after another, after another, and you can't get anything done. You can't do what you're called to do and the Bible has prescribed you to do because of these incessant questions from the women. Now, years ago, I was singing the song by that I just mentioned by Hillsong, uh, Man of Sorrows, Man of Sorrows. And there's a line in there, it, it, it was silent as he stood, stood accused, talking about Jesus. Silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and... Okay, if you don't know that song, that's, that's the line in there. And it, it dawned on me that Jesus, in his incarnational submission to his heavenly Father, he only did what he saw his Father doing, and he obeyed his heavenly Father perfectly, and it meant that there is a time for silence. And Jesus was silent as he stood accused. And he shows us, all of us, not just the ladies, but he shows us the glory of silence, that it is not demeaning for the Heavenly Father to say, don't speak, be silent. And for the ladies, they should want every single commission and prohibition and, and restriction that God has given them to be told to them, declared to them, preached to them, taught to them, so they can obey them. And so in this particular way, ladies, 
be silent, no talking. But it's not just with incessant questions. We also get in 1 Timothy chapter 2 another kind of prohibition of speech on the Lord's Day gathering in any other context of the local church, which would be no teaching. I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. So this command then is rooted in creation. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Transgressor. So the other type of prohibited speech in the Lord's Day gathering, when we're, when we're together as a church, is that women are not allowed to teach men in an authoritative manner. Now, we get back into 1 Corinthians 14. We think about the priesthood of all believers, the Lord's Day gathering, the promise of Joel that the sons and daughters would prophesy. And we get into this word prophecy and why this can be a, and, and why I take the position that I, I take is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, we go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5. Every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. Now, I, I think this is the same context because prophecy is done in the Lord's Day gathering and in the context of the church. And in chapter 14, so the, the wife whose head is covered, so if her head is properly covered, both with a, either with either a cloth, physical cloth, or with feminine hair, which it would be the position that I, that I take is that both of those are, are acceptable. If the wife doesn't have feminine hair, if she's dressed like a man, or she's not subject, uh, if she's not subjugated to the church or to the, to her, to her husband or to the church, then she's not permitted to speak. And if she is properly with the head covering, uh, then she is permitted to prophesy or pray. And then we look at orderly worship in chapter 14, and we see that prophecy is happening in the church. It says, when we come together, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up. If any speak in a tongue, let it be only one or two or three at most. And each in turn, let somebody interpret. But if there's nobody interpret, let them keep silent. There's another command of silence in the church to speak himself to God. Let two or three prophets speak and then let the others weigh what is said. Now, I think this is something totally different than, than the proclaimed word by the elder on the Lord's Day gathering. I don't think that prophecy is preaching. That's an important distinction to make. But when we see prophets, we're not talking about big P Old Testament prophets here, but we're talking about something that the ladies, when properly covered, and that Joel prophesied about, are, are fully capable of doing. And so there, I don't believe then, because this is in the same chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as the, as the prohibition of speaking, and that I do believe that ladies then are qualified to do this. So I uh, don't accept the absolute no speech position that Zach Garris holds, and I do uh, agree with him that there are types of speech that are completely prohibited and always prohibited in every single church and we shouldn't have any contention about it and that ladies should be on board with that. But I do believe that ladies have the ability to pray and prophesy in the context of the church. And so my position would be then when we talk about our Lord's Day gathering, we wouldn't have ladies up front. Uh, they wouldn't be teaching ever, uh, even when they're singing or something like that. They're not opening the Bible and making comments from the Bible from the stage in an authoritative manner to the church. That's why we wouldn't have a, a female worship leader who's speaking to the congregation. We would have a female singer, and we do have female singers that sing uh, as a part of congregational worship because what we believe is that the when we're together as the Lord's Day gathering, we are all singing as a congregation. It's not just the, the front, although they do have a leadership role. But we wouldn't have a lady open up and, and speak and say, this is why we're singing this song, then to the next song, then to the next song, this to the next song kind of thing. That is for our pastors to do. But when we open it up, we have this open share time where we, we pray for one another and we encourage one another. And we allow the ladies in our church to speak during that time. And our ladies are properly covered with either feminine hair or with, uh, with a cloth covering. We have a few that cloth cover. And I think it's it's fully within the realm of of 
uh, what the Bible commands and uh, for the ladies to be able to do that. And I would encourage your churches to think through, if your church is like our, our church, you may have at first be a little bit uh, nervous about even letting people talk at all during the gathering. And at first, when we started doing this, we, we kind of were nervous about that. But in the last six years of opening up a share time, before I preach, we open it up for the congregation to either do prayer requests and then we'll, we'll publicly pray. We'll encourage one another, maybe with a with a Bible verse that was in uh, that was powerful or impactful for us during the week. And we've only had a couple situations that have been weird on us. And during those times, it was one guy, this guy named Paul, uh, not Paul Rim, uh, that, that we love, that's an elder candidate for us, but there was a guy named Paul with a great mustache. He wore flannel all day, every day, even in the summer when it's 105 degrees outside. He wore a big flannel shirt and flannel jacket. And Paul was there and he was saying a little something weird one time. And I was like, Paul, you're getting a little crazy on us. And he shook his head and said, okay, that's enough and sat down. And that's all it was. But during that time, we allow ladies to speak, and I think that is fully permissible and encouraged because in this 1 Corinthians 14 passage, I think it's critical to understand chapter 11 as well, or Ephesians chapter 4, Romans chapter 12, when we come together on the Lord's Day gathering, not just the men, but the women and the children believers, that we are contributors here. We're not just coming to consume, we're all coming to contribute. And so the ladies need to be told if they're asking questions, hey, there's a, you need to not do that. Go ask your husband. It's not a big deal. Silence is a great thing. Um, and then uh, they need to be told, hey, you, there's no preaching here. If, somebody, if some lady wanted to come up and, and, and teach, we'd be like, uh, you found the wrong church <laughs> uh, kind of thing. But there is this glory to silence. Ladies, don't be offended. Uh, and our ladies at our church aren't offended by that. And I don't think any man at our church either would be offended by you know the appropriate times of silence. There's just a time to be silent. And uh, Jesus modeled the glory of that. So we don't take the absolute silence position. We um, fully believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, but do believe that ladies have a place to speak within the time of the Lord's Day gathering and other times during the gatherings of small groups or anything like that without uh, within the church, but are pro prohibited from asking incessant questions or questions at all during the service. They need to ask those to their husbands. And then the second thing uh, is they are uh, prohibited from preaching or teaching in an authoritative way uh, or in any way. I mean, the preaching and teaching is authoritative. So Anyways, hope this is helpful. Uh, please uh, keep coming back. If you have any questions or comments, I uh, would love to hear them. And thanks so much. Hope this is helpful. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for listening to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co. Please consider leaving a rating or review on iTunes. And if you want to become a member of the Shepherd's Crook, please message me and we'll get you on the list. We hope you have a great rest of your day.